0: sitting there and I said God did you really tell me to speak on the subject that I want to speak on why are you asking me to do that and as I sit there God said yes I want you to still preach on this subject and I want you to listen and perhaps the Holy Spirit of God will tie together what we're doing today And what we're about. In the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. I'm not going to read all those verses. It's 21 verses. And I I just want to read a couple of the first few verses there. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place, when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, and the Lord called Samuel, in and, it, and, and Samuel answered, Here am I. So he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, for you've called me. And he said, I didn't call you, lie down again. And he went away and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for you call me. He answered, I didn't call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And so he rose and he went to Eli and he said, Here am I for you did call me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy therefore Eli said to Samuel go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say speak Lord for your servant hears so Samuel went lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood and called at other times Samuel Samuel And Samuel answered, Speak, for your servant hears. And I just want to stop at that point. You may read the rest of the scriptures because they all deal with what I would like to say today. I want to speak to you on a subject that is, I think, that's needful today in the day we live. I want to talk to you about the marvelous, wondrous, precious, as Matthew Hendry says, you know, the commentary, of Matthew Hendry, as he calls it a precious Word of God. So the Word of God is precious, isn't it? Amen. It is precious, marvelous, it is inspiring. I was sitting there as Janet was sharing with us today, and as we read the Scriptures where Jesus was speaking. In Matthew, marvelous is his word. Inspiring is his word. There is a feeling of warmth when we talk of his word. There is delight. Wondrous, wondrous is his word. The word of God is precious. The Bible, his holy word tells us that no other word is as precious as marvelous as wonderful as the words of god that are given to us verse 1 says that when samuel began his time that the word of god was rare it was rare and there was no open, open visions during those days. Now what does that mean? It just simply means to us that there was no widespread revelation. Things were just kind of going along. They had their, their place. They had where they could worship in their sanctuary where the altar was of God. And the Bible says that Eli and his sons worked to worship. They worked to worship services, basically. And the sons began to go away from God, and Eli allowed that to happen. Eli was getting old, he was getting blind, probably senile and every other thing, and so the boars could probably run over him. They could probably do what they wanted and so they began to desecrate the worship of God. Can you imagine that in the place of God that it was desecrated where God wanted to meet them at the altar? Every year people would come to this place to worship God. Every year they would come with their offerings, and, and, and it would be, as I said, over and over and over every year. There was a little Jewish girl by the name of Hannah, and she would come with her husband every year. She did not have any children, and she was ridiculed. She was laughed at and made fun of and made to feel that she was not worth anything. And on this particular occasion, when all others were looking at her in such a dreadful way, as they were making fun of her, you don't, how were your children? You know, if you didn't have children, then you were not really as respected as those who did have children. To make the story shorter, you know the uh, story. But they were praying. And as people were leaving, Hannah kind of lingered, I think, behind. And I see her in the altar of God. And I see her crying out to God, God, would you open my womb? Would you give me a child? And if you would, I'd give him back to you. Listen how precious the word of God is and wonder and wondrous and marvelous that the word of God is to us today. And we have it and we're able to keep it and worship him who is in the word and as the word is about today. You know, we're not worshiping the pages, but we're worshiping the God that it speaks of and is alive Over, and I don't know how that Eli could see this as kind of blind, but he saw her over there. And her little lips began to tremble. No words were coming out and she looked like she was in distress and looked like she was drunk. And Eli said, girl, what's wrong with you? You are drunk. What in the world do you mean acting like you're acting? Do you remember another occasion in the New Testament when that very same thing happened as well? Whenever on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit of God came upon their hearts and their lives and and they were accused of being drunk because they were acting kind of funny? Well, you and I may have some of those experiences as well, but some people may even think about us in tears and And praying and all the things that we do. You know, people are ashamed of that today. You know, we don't want anyone to see us. They think we're less and we're weak. But I want to tell you something, it's not. And it's more powerful than you could ever imagine because tears speak to us, and many times silence speaks to us as well. But anyway, she said, I'm not drunk. I'm praying that God would give me a little boy. And if he does, I'll give him back to God. I'll, I'll bring him back to God and it'll be for life. He will be like the Nazarites. He will not cut his hair and all this other stuff. He will be dedicated to God to be worked in the temple of God. The story gets shorter as we look and days go by. And it seems that he may be about 12 years of age. We're not positive, but he's a young little guy. And she brings him back to the house of God. And this time she leaves him there. Perhaps she's been preparing him for this day. We don't have too much scripture that says that, but I would have an idea that she was preparing him for this day. I bet she was saying Samuel, one day I'm going to leave you at the house of God. He hasn't been called yet. He doesn't really know that from God yet because he doesn't know the word at this point. It's what the Bible says here in the verses that I've read to you. And he may not even understand why that she's doing that, even though she may be still preparing him for that day. That she said, one day I'm going to be having to stay. I am not going to be able to go back home and be with mom and daddy and the family. I'm going to be at the temple. You know what he did at the temple? The Bible suggested in chapter one and two that he kind of helped to fill the perhaps the 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 light, the the uh, candles and the candle holders, perhaps, and he also. Uh, dealt with the door. He would open and close the door. But he was also a ministering servant to Eli and take care of Eli because during those days, the son certainly wasn't going to take care of him and he was doing just that. Now listen, sometimes you and I, as I suggested, when you listen to God and do what God says do, you may be real acute, too. You may be laughed at. You may be made fun of. And people may not understand you as well. And that's happening all across the land today. As already been alluded to, just in a few days, we're going to remember September the 11th in a bad way. In a way, when the terrorists came to this country, and did you realize that much and many people are, I started to say much of our perhaps government, and many of our people want to deny the fact that, that, that this was terrorist. You hear that almost daily today. It wasn't, oh, it wasn't the terrorists, and downplay it and all that other kind of stuff. But we know that it was. We know that it was, and I'm not going to preach on all of that, okay? But the thing that I did did want to suggest to us, that we need to realize that that we're living in a day that the word of God is not losing its value, but we may be in an age like Samuel was in verse 1 when the word of God was rare in that day even though we have it flashed all over the television screens, hear it on the radio, maybe even from the pulpits and all around, but it's rare. The Word of God is rare. The the message of God is rare. And here is where we must get our message from God, just as we have about the twins today. And also, I do want to realliterate also, that on the 11th we'll also be remembering those precious little boys in the family on that day as well. Not just that day, but we will be remembering that as we've been encouraged to flash our purple all over the area, and people want what's going on. You can tell your story. You're able to share your story of what is going on and where you believe God's at work. And what you believe that God wants you to do. Well the Bible is very valuable. You know that. But I want to tell you something. The Bible is very very valuable. It is divine. It is a divine book. It is a direct book. It is a distinct book. As it directs the message to us. As it is distinctly talking about issues that we must look at. We have to be reminded of that over and over and over again. Jesus did that as well as to his disciples. Listen, I want to leave with you just a couple little thoughts today. I want to ask you first of all how that you were saved, how how you became a Christian. How did you get saved? I mean, you know, we talk about how did you get born again? How were you born again? How, how did you come into the family of God? And I trust that we have come into the family of God. Well, I can tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says that we have faith in God. It's faith. It is grace. The grace of God. The mercy, unmerited favor of God. And we believe that. We have faith that that is so. How do you have faith? Well, Paul says in Romans that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of what? God. God. Faith cometh by hearing and the, the hearing comes by the word of God, Amen. You see, what's happening in the world today, they're trying to discredit it. They're trying to destroy it. They're trying to do away with it. They're trying to to keep us from, from understanding even having it plastered out there and trying to keep you from sharing it out there as well. Trying to make it illegal. It's happening all over every day. Even though we still have the freedom to preach it and we better do it as as long as we have and we need to continue to do so. So let me say to you that the word of God that we have, that we believe in today, the word, the marvelous, the, the wondrous word, that the precious word that gives us that warmth, that gives us that encouragement, the word of God, as I suggested earlier this morning, Is divine. It is inspired. It is inerrant. It is infallible, meaning that God inspired it to us by holy men of God, meaning that it's inerrant. It has no, no issues in it. It has nothing wrong with it. It's infallible. It is true, every bit of it. And we have to believe it that way. I don't understand it all, but I believe it and I trust it is divine. The word is divine. Now let me ask you this. What does this word do for us? I've never seen the creation, have you? I've never seen God. I've never seen any of the prophets and seen what they have done. I have never seen the virgin birth of Jesus. I have never seen the sinless life of Jesus. I have never seen his miracles. I have never seen him going to the cruci- cross with being crucified. I have never seen him killed and buried. I have never seen him rise from the grave I have never seen him ascend to heavens and send the Holy Spirit back to us. But I want to tell you today that I stand upon the, the divine word of God. I believe it and I see it and I know it through these pages here, through these words here. I do see God. I do see Jesus. I do sense the virgin birth. And I do sense that he died on the cross for my sins. And I do see him as he died on that cross. He won death, hell, and the grave for me as he won that victory in him. Jesus did that. And one day he's coming back after us. You know why? I believe because this divine word of God tells me that. And the Bible says that Samuel was born at a time when this word was like it is today. Like it is today. And God called him out to be used. Now I'm going to make a statement here. I hope you understand what I'm saying. How do we know, Brother Andrew, that Merle and McCoy was not born for a time like this? We don't understand. I don't understand that. In my heart, brother, goes out to you. I put my hands around you. I love you, brother, and you, your wife, and your children, and your family. Elaine and I shed tears for you all. We... We just admire your stand for God and how that you go on every day, on and on. But how do we know that God has not brought Merle and McCoy to us? In a time like this, I don't understand what all that's about. But I can tell you one thing it's done this morning Look at all the purple in this room. Look at all the purple. Now what does that mean to us? We're here in honor and in help for this family. Is that not right, Janet? And this service has been planned that way. And how do we know what God is about to do? And we're trusting him, we're believing him. As he does a mighty work in our our area, right before our eyes, as we believe God. We have not seen all that, but one thing about it we believe the holy word of God. We believe that it is divine, and what he says, he will do. He will do it. Here was Hannah giving her boy to God and said, God, use him. I want to take you back just a second there whenever uh, Samuel got his calling. Listen what he did. See, God is direct in what he does and what he says, and he brings that personal to us. I mean, he speaks to each of us personally, each of us. Every day of my life, I have to hear from God. and I have to open his word to see what he has to say, and I have many questions as I look at it. But listen, he heard a voice. It was distinct. It sounded like Eli. And he said, yes, Eli. And Eli said, no, it wasn't. I go back. Did that three times. And he finally said, Eli. He realized it was God. But you know what he said? Eli said to Samuel, go back to your place. You know what he was saying? Go back to the place where you heard God. Go back to the place where you heard the voice. It wasn't me. It was God. And say, yes, God, it is I. I'm here at the place. I'm here at the place. Can I say to you here at the Baptist Church and all of us that are a part of this congregation today, whoever we may be, it may be at times that we need to go back to our place as well. You know, we're going to have revival, we hope, in a couple of weeks. We're praying, God move upon us, with, and, and we don't know all the kind of thing he's going to do during revival. But you know what, if we go back to our place, and there, where we can hear God... And there's where we can hear God moving in our hearts and our lives and be prepared to hear what he says do and do it. God will do something and he's going to do something in our hearts and in our lives and in the church's life as well. Amen. You see, Eli heard, I mean Samuel heard Eli. Do you imagine uh, Samuel by now said, well the old man must be the old man again. And the old man said, no, Samuel, it's not me. It's God. It's God speaking. See, this is the way God does in a sermon such as this. See, I don't know what the Holy Spirit is saying in this room today to us. I don't know what he's saying in this room to us. But his divine word, his divine, marvelous, precious word is speaking to us. We have never seen heaven. Listen, I've never seen the streets of gold. I've never seen the city of God. I've never seen any of that. But I want to tell you this, as I suggested a while ago, he's coming back again, and when he does, he's going to take us out of here, and we're going to be able to see it. Now, I believe that, and I see heaven, I see the streets of gold, because I read the Word. Somebody wants to try to do away with it and say, well, you know what, how do you know that's just figurative? Well, you know what, if it is, it's better. Heaven's better than the streets of gold, then, isn't it? It's greater and more wonderful than anything else that you can imagine. God speaks and he speaks to the right people at the right time. The word of God is powerful. This word is powerful. Verses 11 and 12 helps us to see that. Listen again. In that wee moment hour, probably just before day, maybe before the light went out in the candle and it was supposed to have been brightly, but they're supposed to keep filling it up so it would burn. In the wee moments of the morning, God spoke to Samuel. And it wasn't a good word that he gave. He said, Eli, I heard. Eli said, What did you hear? And he said, Your whole family's going to be annihilated. Your whole family, Eli, you, your sons, all because they have gone away from God. And he has rose up himself and others and in Samuel. And you see, this is before the kings, okay? And Samuel was used of God as we see continually. Now let me say this to us that are in this room today what do you experience what do i experience do we find ourselves sometime praying all night long have you ever done that i have rolled and tumbled perhaps all night long and as our musicians and Jennifer come rolled and tumbled all night no, long until somewhere over in the morning maybe before day the joy bells of heaven starts ringing and you begin to hear the voice of God. All is well. There is peace like a river. There is joy in the Lord. Be still and know that I'm God. Now, without giving a proposition as we come to sing, I'm going to ask you, what has the Holy Spirit said today to each of us? Let's stand as we sing. that are in this room. We may be in the stillness of the morning right now. I'm talking about before, not in this building, but in the stillness of the morning, talking to God. And maybe we are reaching out. And maybe we are reaching out to others and putting our arms around them. Or perhaps we are reaching out that they would reach out to us. Put their arms around us as we go through whatever that God is saying to us in those wee moments of the (laughs) morning. Andrew, okay, I was going to, but could I get some, or maybe all the families to come and just stand. Would that be it? We can we get all of you family that are here right now? But I want us just to pray together. A prayer of, of courage in their lives and strength in their lives and in your life because you are a part of it as a family. We know that you all are carrying a load. We know that you all are carrying more than perhaps we, but we are feeling that too if others want to come and just put your arms around them we're going to have a prayer you. we're going to pray for this whole family as you go through these days and we're going to lift up these two little babies too as we pray Cindy we'll get you to pray sure. now we have others that are coming and if you wait just a moment We'll just join hands together here at the front, just so. pray for these babies plus the families that are involved that we have here at the front today.
1: Okay. Father God, we know that you have spoken today. We know that you are all-knowing. We know that you are all-powerful. We know that you are all places at all times, Father God. Father God, we are crying out in the name of Jesus for precious Merlin McCoy, Father God. Father God, we are asking you to bring forth a miracle in their lives, Father God. Each and every health issue that these precious babies have, Father God, we are storming the gates of heaven and we are falling before your throne. Yes. And we are asking for total and complete Healing to be brought forth for these babies, Lord. We are trusting in the power of the blood of Jesus to be poured upon these babies. You said by his stripes they are healed, Lord. And we are trusting you, and we have a faith in that, Lord. Father God, can you tell us that we have the faith, the size of a mustard seed, that we can tell a mountain to move and it will move, Lord. So we're crying in the name of Jesus. We are asking for every single pound that is upon these babies and upon this family to move in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father God, we thank you, we praise you that you have been with them and you are going to continue to be with them because you told us that Jesus will never leave us and he will never forsake us, Father God. And I thank you and I praise you, Father, that you are showing up in a mighty way, not for us. And there's nothing special about us, but all because of you, Lord. Because of your love. And because of your mercy and your grace and your compassion, Lord. Father God, we're asking you to show up in a supernatural way so that there will be no doubt that you are with us. And you are bringing forth the miracle needed in these babies' lives, Father God. I thank you for the strength and the endurance and the patience and the faith that Andrew and Kristen and his family continue to have, Father God. I thank you that they are not trusting in their own understanding, but they are leaning on you, Father God. And I thank you, Father God, that you are going to show up in a mighty way because you are going to be glorified, you are going to be honored, and you are going to be praised. And I thank you, Father God, that you have sent your angels down to protect this family and then no weapon form, I said, will be allowed to prosper against them in any way, Lord. Father God, if there be any unbelief in any of us today, help it, Lord. Don't allow anything within us to hinder our prayers from reaching you or to hinder you from answering our prayers, Lord. We surrender all to you, Lord. And we thank you, we praise you for loving us. To fight ourselves and despite the way we act and what we say and do Lord. Thank you. For all these I ask for something better. In the holy, precious and mighty name of Jesus, and for his sake in your glory, Lord. Amen and
0: amen. 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 God, stand and hold hands, let's end our service with God.